Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Well, you suck or you don't suck. And maybe you need to go out there and have a blessed gay. Yes, I said blessed gay. Or maybe you need to just get over your badass self and go, I am an artist. I am a theater person. I am fabulous. I got my BFA. And I'm going to go do something fun in the world. And then suddenly you're like, oh, wow, I, I am one of the top podcast picks on Little Stitcher. And then suddenly you realize having that sassy little playbook that you do with your podcast and everything really does work. And no, I'm not talking about me. You all know me. You know who I am. I'm not talking about life on closeted. I'm a little bit jealous about the, today's guest because I'm like, bitch, you got you got more than I did. And you're only one year into this. But because I'm a gentle gay elder in the community, I'm going to go bravo, bravo with my middle finger raised like, fuck you that you already got this stuff. But um, I'm so excited to have this person on. We, we barely have just kind of, well, we've had a little quick hookup before we just came on the podcast. Like, not literally, but mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. right tyler tyler martin's his name i'm so excited to just we don't know where this is going do we man we have no idea which is so except that we know we're both queer so we got that in common well we do have that we're both podcasters correct i think we're both kind of sassy and we're gonna throw some shade probably when it's appropriate and probably even when it's not appropriate we're gonna do that so well so bless you my gay i'm glad you're here so bless you. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, Thank you for having I, me. I love the name of your podcast. Have a blessed gay. You know, it's just like there's that innuendo and we love a good innuendo and in almost everything we do. Right. Yeah. I mean, I tell people that I I love puns so much. It only mm-hmm. takes listening to like one or two episodes and you're like, oh, this guy loves puns. And mm-hmm. I do. I, yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> I love the pun. I love the penis too, but I love the pun too. So let's just, just all P words. Yes. All well, P words. Most mo- P words. Mo- most <laughs> P words. Yes. Some not so much. I know I'm talking to my pussy over here. I'm not talking about you, my little kitty friend, but um, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. So let's just kind of dive in here. So actor, writer, I love, I love that you have this short form series. Don't suck, which is all about gay adventures in life. Right. But um, <laughs> so I mean, where did this all start? I mean, were you like, okay, I came out of the womb gay and I just knew I was going to be all this and then boom, bada bing, here you are. Where did like all this interest in all this happen for you, man? Theater, being gay? Because you know you chose to be gay. Just let's get that out of the way. Chose to be gay, chose theater. um, I chose the shirt I'm wearing, all of it. Which is really um, a fabulous shirt. I wish you all could see it, but we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, I might do that one, that, that little sneaky screen grab of like, here's somebody I, I interviewed today and the guest doesn't even know I did. And then suddenly I put it on social media and they're like, bitch, when did you take that picture? What but, the hell? Yeah. yeah. It's all like silky. So I'm like sliding all over the place. I know he is. He's like, he's like shimmy in. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. are you trying to come on to me? Because, you know, we're thousands of miles apart, but you know. 
fans only we could do that so there hey, we go. we can do it yeah, yeah. it's fine um uh, video chat is awesome mm-hmm. i uh well i'm from texas from a small town in texas oh, god bless you bless <laughs> your soul <laughs> exactly that's where the bless comes from mm-hmm. um uh, it's called white settlement mm. which you can't make that up that is a small town that is still in existence in texas and that yes. is what it's called <laughs> So hey, uh, I, I lived in Abilene and I thought that was pretty bad. But... Abilene. Okay, so mm. I have several siblings that went to ACU. Well, <laughs> I was food and beverage director of Abilene Christian University many, many, many years ago. So <laughs> oh my back gosh, when, the, when, when the, the president Teague was the president of that university, that was many years ago. It was in the 80s, but um. Yeah, I cannot. That's so funny. I love and, when these paths connect because when before Tyler and I got on, I'm like, I'm sure there's going to be some intersectionality that starts happening very quickly. And like, boom, the universe ACU. just delivered ACU. And then so, I was hard at Hardin Simmons after that. And then oh I went to then I was at Oklahoma Christian University in Oklahoma City. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I worked that Bible Belt girl like big time. And then I was like, I'm done with this now. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> well, this other little thing was like just, you know, kind of pebble in the shoe, but it's more like a, a rocket in my pocket that kept saying, this isn't where you're supposed to be, girl. But I didn't mm-hmm. listen to it for 36 years. I didn't listen. Finally, that that finally came to fruition. But OK, enough about me. So Abilene Christian, white settlement. Yes. So, so that I, probably explains why you're very white. You grew I'm up very in white. white. You're very white. Yeah, I am. I'm a little pale, but that's okay. But the dark, dark hair really works for you. Thank you so much. Which isn't what was done at your publicity. I think you have lots of different hair colors, don't you? Not, not a ton. I mean, honestly, it's probably darker right now just because of the lighting too. Probably. But yeah. Yeah. Um, You're going for that goth vampire kind of thing for this podcast. <laughs> 100 percent. yeah call me edward please yes edward um, okay i'll oh. sparkle in the sun okay there his celebrity just kind of call me edward his celebrity just came <laughs> like ah, bitch uh i so yeah from texas uh i with people in my family being involved in acu so i have a ton of ministers in my family specifically mm. the church of christ which you know yes i uh, do so that's what uh for all you listeners out there abilene christian university uh that denomination is um church of christ which is mm. i always kind of say like southern baptist but worse and it southern is baptist not- without the music without the hey dancing what it's sinful am i right mm. or am i right mm. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's acapella only acapella which is which is actually really beautiful funny. it's it really beautiful. beautiful because they, i mean they're, they're they're highly you know yeah. it's almost like the whole congregation <laughs> went through music school and it's like oh wow <laughs> brings a whole different version of book of mormon to life but you know it's like wow this is kind of interesting you know i remember the first I time know. i went to church because okay my ex-wife is was raised christian you know church of christ so mm-hmm. I was raised Seventh-day Adventist. I'm like, so this is so weird. I'm going to church and there's no pianos. There's no nothing. Now, Seventh-day Adventist, like, you're going to the piano, the hymn books. I'm like, okay. I was like, okay, all of this is just screwing with me. Not you up there, but <clears throat> it's screwing with me. The so, stuff down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
And so, I mean, that was my little childhood. I have a lot of ministers in my family. I have a couple brothers, a brother-in-law, my uncle, grandfather. The list is kind of endless. And so, oh girl, um, I know. I <laughs> oh, know. no wonder you're like doing have a blessed gay. There's probably storyline after storyline <laughs> after story. You got material for decades. Hey, trauma. We love it. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> And we're not knocking. We're not knocking religion, people. We're just using it as a means, to like let's get listeners. Let's get. No, I'm not, I mean, I mean, no. Um, I'm not against religion necessarily. No, I'm against either. some religions, yeah. but <laughs> not all religion. Well, I'm against um, it when it comes down to that point where it's like it's just shaming you to hell constantly. I'm like, I don't have yeah. no. Let's talk about the other pieces that you say. Oh well, no, but divorce that doesn't count, or oh, this doesn't really. <clears throat> let's have a conversation then well what is religion religion is a way to organize us as a community to bring people together to uplift one another and to hopefully create a path toward a quote-unquote spiritual life and if you're not being fulfilled spiritually if you're not being fulfilled as a community and as a and as an individual then religion's not doing its job Mm -mm. Mm -mm. so because we all want to be fulfilled i mean i hate to say that Okay, well, gay men, they want to be filled, but, you know, hey, that's a whole filled, different conversation. Fulfilled. <laughs> is it a different conversation? Maybe uh, not. I don't, I don't think so, because you, but, I get fulfilled when I'm filling or being filled. So, you know, yeah. I don't know There's why this crossover. is getting sidetracked to that, but we went from religion to <laughs> gay men's having sex. But, well, but we're two I mean, gay men. sex so. and religion, it's, it can be, yeah. But anyway, so that's the environment I grew up in. However, so my family's super spread out. I'm mm. one of six kids. Um, but, and I'm on the younger end, I'm the second to the youngest and my siblings, there we go again. That's the the younger ones. They're always finally like, hello, hi, how are you? I'm, I'm I'm the, I'm the flower that's going to deflower the family. (laughs) I'm different. I'm not like the rest of you. Um, Yeah. Um, so (laughs) I fulfilled some of that for sure. For sure. For sure. The prophecy, if you will. Yes. And see, I was uh, the oldest. So they're like, Oh, what? What? You were the golden boy. Pressure. Yeah. Well, sorry, but I didn't ask to be born first for God's sake, but no. So with all those people in the family, I, 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 I know some people are like, well, that begs the question. So how, how has this been being the gay blade in the lineup of six? It's been fascinating. Um, I mean, I came. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating. Well, my I'm family sure. dynamics are very interesting too. It is almost like two separate family entities almost because my older siblings are so much older than me. Uh, so, like, I'm closer in age to my niece and nephews than I am to my older siblings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's a weird. <sighs> that's that's definitely like a weird divide, and mm-hmm. definitely affected our relationships for sure. But I when I did come out to my parents at 16, it was not a good situation. And so I ended up staying in the closet for them. And then eventually I came out to the rest of my family though, at 18. And, and when I came out publicly at 18 and, uh, and I had a individual conversation with each of them and yeah, definitely some rough, rough conversations for sure specifically with the ministers uh Mm. because really it wasn't it really wasn't about me but it was just about uh their image and you know they are ministers of very conservative churches who Mm -hmm. 
highly looked down on LGBTQ plus community. So uh, to have someone in their own family, uh, they felt at the time, I don't know if their feelings have changed. We didn't really talked about it, but um, that I reflected them. So because of that, there had to be some distance between us or there had to be some kind of, you know, uh, I had to hide if I ever attended a church, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's a really mixed bag, honestly. Like I, my, the sibling that is second to the oldest is uh, my only sister in the family. And she and I are like super close and she's in theater. Um, she is, she's what got me into theaters. Cause I grew up watching her do theater. And so like her and I were super close. And then I have my other older brothers that I'm not close to. And then my younger brother and I, um, we were kind of like, you know, our own little family unit and being the older brother to him, uh, we are also very close. I just talked to him this morning on the phone actually, but, um, awesome. yeah. It so is interesting, though, <clears throat> but it's interesting to see those dynamics in those church spaces, you know, mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, and yeah, okay, big guy upstairs, you know, I, I still believe there's something more here. So I'm going to say some stuff that please don't say, okay, you just checked your box out of if there is a heaven, but it's interesting to watch how quickly it becomes all about them not about you. It's about their image. It's about how, where did they go wrong? It's about, but what if I don't get to see you in heaven? And suddenly it's like, bitch, I just told you I'm gay. Yeah. Now it's all about you, which makes you want to go, well, you, maybe you're a little gay too, because we gays, it's all about us. So let's <laughs> just go there. Right. You know, mm -hmm. but it, it is very, and I've worked with I, I, my own experience first of all, that's exactly what happened to me. It's like, okay, this is, here's my truth, mom and dad. <clears throat> no, you can't be that. You know, what will people think? You know, we raised you better than that. Da, da, da. We, us, me, I was just like, whatever. I can't help it, but that's where I'm at. And every time I talk to a majority of LGBTQ individuals, we have the same conversation. It's never about really quote them where the problem lies. It's about the other people and what's it going to do for their reputation? 100%. Well, and I think we have to know that going in. And what I mm -hmm. always talk to people about when they do ask me coming out questions is what do you want from the relationship and mm -hmm. make sure that is a focus when you, when you talk to them and yeah. when you are introducing the conversation, because it will most likely quickly turn into a conversation about the other person and how you are harming the other person. And yep. so make sure that you go in with wants and make sure that you remember that you have wants for that relationship through throughout it. But I mean, honestly, something that is this weird paradox of my growing up and situation with coming out is that I really appreciate that I grew up in a religious household like that. Yep. And specifically with ministers like that mm -hmm. in my family, because that helped me so much in my spiritual life, which I do set apart from religion. Yep. And I was able to see this difference between spirituality and religion. And I, I saw like behind the curtains when almost like theater, you know, when you do have this actor on stage, basically this preacher on a stage and delivering the sermon. And it's, it's fake y'all. It's totally fake. And not that there isn't reality and meaning behind what they're saying or the words that they write, but it's scripts and, and they are, performing their scripts and so 
and the whole even performance of communion and it's all, you know, it's all performative. And so when we realize that, and when we understand like these people go home and they put on, you know, their basketball shorts and watch reality TV, like the rest of the world, then you're like, Oh, interesting. So this person isn't like holier than me or like what is holy even and what is this like that we're really trying to do here and so I really appreciate in my life that I was able to at a very young age see the difference Mm -hmm. between religion and spirituality and church life and real life but it's also really interesting Tyler when you do that I'm not religious I'm spiritual suddenly it's like oh they're clutching their pearls you know because it's like but that that they don't know how to like discern that you know and that's been the more interesting conversations for me you know because I, I well first of all i'm like can you clutch a little harder and then we'll never have to have this conversation again <laughs> not that i would wish that upon any well, like maybe i kind of well let me put my little church lady voice on and go possibly um <laughs> but it's interesting to have that conversation versus let's talk religion because in my spirituality I want to be a good person. I want to be open to seeing things from another person's perspective. I want to be aligned with an energy of peace and acceptance. And they're like, well, but that's what I do as a Christian. I'm like, well, not exactly. (laughs) Cause we wouldn't be having this. Yeah. Sometimes you do, but we wouldn't be having this conversation if that is actually what you do as a Christian, you know, and I realized I just threw out my own like, you know, bullshit there about, you know, Christians, but it's, it's a little frustrating one, but, but I'm a Christian really. Okay, cool. Can you act like one now? That would be really helpful, you know? And- yeah. I mean, that's a big, a big component of my podcast is really talking about the difference between religion and spirituality. And so what is it for you then? I'd be curious. Cause I kind of started to throw mine out there. What's, what's spirituality to you? Spirituality to me is a relationship. It is a relationship to this world that I am randomly in right now. I don't know why I'm in this world. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm floating around in this ball that is in space, but I am here and it is my relationship to this existence and to the people around me, to the things, to the energies surrounding me. And so sometimes I do put that in a context of a god or a higher power mm. some yep. kind of deity the divine mm. um but I also oh, and, and that throws them under the bus like I mean, higher power or the, or the the divine it's like but but i'm just telling you this is how i relate to it exactly um i also use the word energy quite a bit i yep. really uh i like that term a lot and so that's really how i relate to it and mm-hmm. kind of like any relationship what i talk about on my podcast some is spiritual fluidity like any relationship, any good relationship, it is fluid and it has some type of fluidity, some type of evolution that is a part of it. Otherwise it's stagnant and it will die. Uh, So in my spirituality, what I strive to do is to always be evolving and to always be learning and growing from other people around me 
from people. Now we have the internet. So I, they don't even have to be right by me like you right, right now that I can learn from. And so oh, we would be having so much more fun if we were actually sitting. Oh here my together gosh. We would be kicking so hard right we now. We would, we would be like, okay, yeah. girl, what are we going to wear for the podcast? Let's, so, let's, let's like do our nails, even though nobody would see it. Well, actually but that first that, margaritas. Yeah. 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 Well, but for, well, you can have margarita. I'm going for the wine. So, okay. Bye. 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 We'll have a whole discussion of drinks. What, what goes good. Papa bear here. doesn't the old system not that I'm that old, but like, yeah, the tequila just doesn't set well with that. But yeah, I'll take that whole, you know, case of wine and I'll meet you there. So uh, perfect. But it is interesting that I love, I just love this term you use, spiritual fluidity, because mm-hmm. I remember, yes, I can still remember when I came out at mm-hmm. 19 and I was already like, I'm not enjoying the seven day Adventist thing. Something's just not, it's some, it's just not setting well with me. You know, first year in college at a seven day Adventist university, which I went to seven day Adventist schools my whole life. So now suddenly I'm in this college. I'm like, really, you're going to check our dorm rooms to make sure we went to church. Really? You're going to make sure that on Wednesday night, we're at the church going to week of prayer or whatever. Like, this is Uh, like, we're getting a grade for uh, this crap, you know? And of course, then we had to take the obligatory, which I know, (laughs) I know Abilene Christian did this too, obligatory religion class every quarter or whatever, just because this is part of the indoctrination. Yeah. And, but yeah. you're getting a grade for it. So, oh, I have to do this, but oh, you can fail out of this. Really? You might as well just tell me there's the door to hell. Go. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. But that's when I started realizing I'm going to start exploring. And well, of course, I was like exploring my sexuality simultaneously, yeah. but I'm like really exploring like, what is my truth? What is the truth I want to believe in? Yet for so many of us in our community, LGBTQ plus, 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 we have been so conditioned that no, you can't explore. You have to be this. And then you put that with the religion and then all that that comes. It's no wonder we struggle to finally like, here's who I am. Well, I, I, I mean, to go off of that, it's like so many people struggle to be able to even say, this is who I am. So once they do say, this is who I am, then they're afraid to change that answer and mm-hmm. they will forever be that label, that yep. thing in that moment. And they won't evolve from that, mm-hmm. yep. which is very fascinating. I was recording a little Instagram video because, you know, those of us who do this stuff, we have to constantly be doing that thing, right? Selfies. Constantly. And, because if yes. we don't, we just even if we're not an influencer, we're, we're really going to pretend we really are. And then, and we actually kind of are, but we're I not going to yeah, go into the are. ego it's, thing. But, it's fine. but I was recording an Instagram <laughs> video the other day talking about loneliness. And I did it uh, in front of a couple of very beautiful Buddhas that I have here that I've collected when I've traveled. And I talked about, you know, see this Buddha, see this Buddha. Why do I have these here? Why do I do this? Well, because I used to practice some Buddhism and I kind of saw myself as a Buddhist for a while and I still have some tenets into that but that was that part of my journey but they helped me not feel lonely at times you know mm-hmm. and then I would you know I segue because that's what we're really good those of us who know how to do this we can take something like that we can do a little segue and the whole I love a segue like, how did I, how did he tie that all together I'm like I don't know I got stoned before I came on said so, okay we'll, we'll figure this out you know yeah um, thank God there's like a little, you know, edible shop right across the street to keep me going on a daily basis. But, um, <laughs> uh, but it is such an interesting thing when you allow that fluidity of thought, that fluidity of energy, that fluidity of curiosity 
to drive your world and, and take you to the places that I feel like continue to challenge me to grow. 100%. Except and when I, think- I grow so much, I still have to get bigger pants. That one, I don't like that challenge quite so, <laughs> so well, but you know, you, well, you're a little, a- you're a little tiny twink. So I don't even want to hear it. You know, Hey now, <laughs> Hey now. <laughs> That's a song. Hey now. Hey now. Anyway, we could go into theater drama real quick here. I'm sure the two of us could break out in a musical number and the listeners would be like, these two really rehearsed this whole thing, didn't they? (laughs) How long did they work on this? (laughs) And ironically, again, I'm going to say this again. Literally, Tyler and I met each other like less than 20 minutes ago. It's the first conversation. So truly snaps to us that we're just like pulling this shit off. Like I know we're vibing right now. We are vibing. But the back to the spiritual fluidity, let's get back to center here. Yes. How long did it take you to finally like really dial into this? Because I know it took me a while to finally go, okay, I'm, I'm going to go, this is how I'm going to show up in the world. And I'm going to allow myself, give myself permission to like, I'm going to go figure this stuff out. I'm going to be asking the questions. I'm going to be like, so I'm just curious for you, like when did, I, and I know you're much younger than me, so please don't like age shame me by like, well, when I was 12, I'm going to be like, bitch, really? <laughs> Um, well, when I was 10, (laughs) um, I mean, not to be funny, but also to be funny, um, it actually did kind of start when I was 10 (laughs) and And it did did start with me when I was like 14, honestly. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's, I mean, around the time when a lot of people kind of get like, wait, what's going on here? And I had, you know, I was one of the first generations with computers, to grow you grew up with a okay, computer now you just did the ages and things and I'm well i'm sorry i'm sorry but it's it's a very interesting thing like to talk to people <laughs> that the first generation you were able to google something and that helped me so much i mean i, I really like can't say how much that helped me and i would i would sneak to the family computer and just start looking stuff up but now i will say when i first did that it was super christian citric so yeah. very much like is being gay a sin? Does God hate homosexuals? Right, like right. all that lovely stuff. And of course, none of us were taught when computers would like when they became the personal computer generation and the Google like started to show up and we couldn't even hardly say the word. We didn't even know how to say Google, you know, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody taught us about the cookies. Of course, you know, they didn't tell us about the cookies in the history. They didn't. That was delete what? Nice. Yeah. 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 I mean, I will say my older brother. So um, he was my learning for that. So I, I did. I I'm not going to give too much away, but stuff was not deleted. That should have been deleted. And then from that, that, I learned to delete, delete the history. <laughs> so he was he was the guinea and did pig. not do this when you're drunk, because then you'll really forget to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, it has you have to think it through a little bit. But um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's really how that began. And then it really evolved. So when I did come out at 16 and it was so bad, I was given a lot of uh conversion therapy, liturgy, and a lot of things were thrown at me that uh, were definitely on the other end of the spectrum. And so I was taking in that information and then also doing my own research at the time, still very Christian specific. And then when I did go to college, uh, my freshman year, I took a biblical literature class and it looked at the Bible as a piece of literature, not as a holy book. And that was such an amazing experience for me because 
And you took this class at Abilene Christian? No, I actually went to okay, Oklahoma City University. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm like, anyway, mm, I don't know if that class would be flying at Abilene Christian. I know. Abilene would not have that class. No. Or if, it, if they did, it would just be like at it the end be, of every it, class. It would, it would be very whitewashed from where did yeah. you grow up? White what? White, white settlement. Yeah. White settlement. It would have been published in white settlement and handed to every college to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is there. interesting because now that I think about this, Tyler, uh-huh. I I remember even in high school. So again, I went to some day Adventist schools my whole life. I remember there were a couple of professors who would kind of like take us to the edge. You know, they were like they'd like take us in our history classes to that point, or they'd they'd be talking, you know, the world religions, and they'd like. They'd take you there and kind of leave you hanging like, okay, I really want you to go think about this, but I'm, I can't say I want you to go think about this. Yes, 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 yes. Because they, they well, they had to cover their ass. They had to keep yeah. their jobs, you know? So I went to two years of Seventh-day Adventist college. And I remember one professor in particular, um, he pushed to the edge. And then one day he was no longer there. Oh, shit. And there was no explanation. Now. Wow. On the flip side of that, he was also the professor that I think was either he was either banging some student, male or female, which was the question, okay. or it was a combination of both things. He was banging a student, male or female, and he pushed to the edge in his class. Wow. Okay. So it's interesting to hear you talking about the same sort of thing, not banging a student, but like knowing that that was the class that started to open your mind. Yeah. I mean, it was really great. And it was such validation because it kind of, I had all this research from all those years of searching and I, I kept a lot of it. And so to be in a class where this professor who was so educated in religion was basically saying all the things that I read were true or all my feelings about religion were true was just a really, I mean, I, I can't say how amazing that was at that time for me. And then in that class, it really kind of hit me that when my parents, I had really been arguing around religion when it came to coming out and about being in the LGBTQ plus community. And in that class, I realized that I couldn't argue around it because right. that was the sole source of their fear and that I had to argue through it. And mm-hmm. so in that class, I created this packet for my parents it was a three-part packet. <laughs> um, the first part was uh, anti, basically everything. So it was anti-women, anti-people of color, anti the LGBTQ plus community, and basically all the negative things in the Bible that people don't talk about. So I put that in the first section. The second section was the exact opposite of that. So it was every marker that I hit in that first section, but the reverse. And I was pro women, pro people of color, even pro LGBTQ plus community. And only using the Bible too, only using things from the Bible. Then the last section was my section where I basically wrote them what I felt and how I uh, interpreted the scripture and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I sent that to them and they... It, it really, I, I still kind of get chills when I think about it. It's, it's still so wild to me, but I got a, I emailed it to them, this huge thing. And I got a call from my mom a few hours later. She was crying and 
she said that she understood. And it was wow. a complete turnaround. And I, I can't say how, I mean, it was very severe uh, mm -hmm. to the other side. So to get a phone call like that at that time was pretty shocking. Um, I will say at the end of the, my section of the thing that I sent them, I told them that I was going to come out publicly and that I could not have a relationship with them if they felt. And they believed in all the nasty things that were in the first section. And I think a lot of that had to do not just with me, but with them. Uh, going back right. to the initial thing about, about how it is about the people receiving the information, there was a lot of really awful things about women in there. Yep. And you can pull a lot of really awful things about women from the scripture. And so I think for my mom specifically to read that and be like, oh, wait, I don't believe this about myself. Right. Like, I don't believe I'm secondary or even worse than secondary. And to stand by that, I think would have been too hard for her. And so she turned around. My dad also, they switched to a gay friendly church for me right mm. after that. It was truly just like an incredible experience for us and our relationship. We're very, very close now. And, uh, I, I really think that that, I mean, yeah, that class and just the idea of that helped me so much to really use the scripture in that moment. But what a beautiful way to bring somebody to reality and truth. Because mm -hmm. I think I know for me, <clears throat> especially when I was 19 and going through this, I was, you're going to, you're going to accept this. You're just going to accept this. Because that was, <clears throat> that was my dad's way of being in the world. You do what dad says, and this is the way it is. Yeah. Then at 36, when I'm like, okay, the, re the, real, the real Rick's going to come forward, and this, there's going to be an ex-wife that's going to come out of this. There's two kids. I mean, this, this shit's getting real this go around. And I, again, fought really hard at times until I finally just said, I can't fight. Here's the way I see things to something similar, not as probably as many pages as you, but here's what I see. And this is why I can't do this. I can't buy into this dogma any longer. I can still believe in something so much greater than myself. That's not the problem here. But when when this is prevalent throughout a book of literature mm -hmm. that is so caught back in time, I have a very hard time believing that everything else can progress and people can buy into this stuff and this is okay and all this. Oh, but no. And, the, and we see it today. I mean, let's just get real. The, I mean, current situation, it's still just <clears throat> when they're where they're at, they're where they're at and they're going to hang on just what they pick and choose to hang on, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, as your lovely home state of Texas does almost every day in the news right now, I'm just like, can we just close that border? It's but embarrassing. I'd hate, yeah. it, but I'd hate to do that because there's some beautiful people that reside in that state who are like, can we just get rid of them? You yes, know? But, yes, yes, yes. So, so what is it that you feel like at this stage has been your impact in the world other than that you're fabulous and you're funny and <laughs> all these other things? But because of this journey, what do you feel like your impact's being right now? I think it's so fascinating. It's something that I fought so hard against as a as a teenager, the whole fight with religion and and 
ultimately spirituality. And then when I did have that with my parents and I, I wanted to hold on to it so badly, but it was also still this like back and forth with myself and the people around me. And then when that happened and I realized that people could change and learn, mm -hmm. which was quite a valuable lesson for myself to learn at the time that it was possible, then that has really influenced quite a bit of my creative. I'm such a creative person. I'm always creating something. And I really think of creativity as a form of spirituality. That's definitely mm. how I access it myself for sure, quite a bit. Um, and theater, honestly, was my religion growing up. If I, if I had to, the moments that I had really intense spiritual moments growing up, it was not in church, it was in a theater. And so that for me was very special. And that has continued to be. I I love creating. And when I did um, come to New York, I kind of did the thing that I felt like I was supposed to do. I, I, I started auditioning right away. I, I booked my first off-Broadway show my second week here. I was quote unquote successful and doing the thing. And I booked my second one immediately after. And like, I was just boom, 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 feeling so good about myself. But then it hit pretty fast that I wasn't being spiritually fulfilled with the projects that I was doing. Right. And that was kind of the first time that that happened to me. And it hit really hard and I got really depressed here and which was strange because I was successful. Right. So like, right. I think that's a difficult thing for anyone who's like doing something and they are achieving what they thought they wanted, but it's not hitting how they wanted it to hit. Exactly. And, and so I, I, during that time though, started writing and that ended up being don't suck my short form series. Mm -hmm. And in that it's actually a small theme, but there is a theme. Uh, the lead character is gay and also wants to claim a faith label. And that theme that is really only in one episode, there's some underlying things throughout for all the hardcore fans out there, but it's really mainly talked about in one episode. And that theme, though, was one of the things that people gravitated toward so intensely. And I got I still get messages about that. And especially in the way that I approached it, which was kind of comedic and not super heavy in the context of the show. And so from that, I realized that I really needed to do more. I wanted to do more. Um, I don't like the term called, but if I were to use that term, it would be that in this setting. And, and there we uh, go into religious therapy once again. I know, I know. I just don't like the term. <laughs> I don't but, either. Um, it's just weird. It's just so cocky. Well, it's not only that, but it's like, it's time to come home. It's time to come home, Ricky. I'm like, oh, mom, no, I was called no. this right at, right at the time that I was just, right at the time I was just really looking at Bobby's penis. And I thought, I wonder. <laughs> and then mom's like, it's time to come home. I'm being called. Okay. Yeah. And I don't no. know why. I always take us off this rail, but, but I get it. That, that being called is like, it, it screws with my, my head. There's something in me that I associate it with evangelicalism. And then yes. that just really pisses me off, basically. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who use it in a Which beautiful way. Which then brings way. you to the energy thing. You know, Which, this, yes. this is something I've really learned about myself. <clears throat> Even though I'm not super good at it at times still is I cannot allow those kind of situations to take me. If I go into them, I'm like, you know, you're going to your energy is going to go. 
where it's yes, going to go yes. really the wrong direction. Like, okay, yes. let's, yeah. and it's not good for me it, because then I, I have my, I, too much of my dad in me where I will ruminate on it for a while. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as he does for like weeks on end, but okay, I'll go a day. And then I'm like, okay, you got to release this bitch. You got, you know, you know, you're going to do this. So stop it. And I think that's why so many of us like can't be called into that stuff anymore. No. And yeah, I mean, so that's, that's a word I don't like, but mm-hmm. that idea of a calling definitely. And I, I've really, really enjoyed working in, in the fields and I've gotten more involved specifically in deconstruction and uh, religious trauma and spiritual mm-hmm. trauma. Um, I was an author, a uh, contributing author for a new book called The Deconstructionist Playbook that recently yep. came out all about deconstruction. And I was really honored to be a part of that. And it's been such a cool thing to venture into something separate from my acting and writing and comedy, but also I've been able to utilize a lot of it. So my podcast being my podcast, it does have my voice. And a part of what I do like is, is comedy. And so I really try to utilize that within the, within the show. And that's been a really fun aspect of it is to try to create something that talks about these difficult issues, but in an approachable way where it's not just being sad for an hour, listening to someone whine and gripe about something, but it's, it's uplifting and fun. Well, you need it. And I I was interviewing another podcast guest. I know shocking. You're not my only podcast guest. That's like, yeah, I I didn't, I didn't tell your people when they reached out, like, okay, he's not my exclusive. Um, now, if he was my boyfriend, that'd be old. Everything. He's so cute. He's my exclusive. But anyway, um, we need to go into couples therapy after this. I'm probably. So I know. I'm really sorry. You know that, that daddy son therapy because I am old enough to be your dad. I'm quite sure. So um, just I'm, I'm sure there's a daddy son therapy out there. Let's there's something it. out there. Yeah, we, I'm we, sure. I'm sure there is. <laughs> but where were we? We went off the rail again. Um, yes, where were we with all that? Anyway, well, we're back. So. Um, but it, it is this interesting piece when you start to realize this fulfillment thing is such a key core ingredient to who we are. Yeah. Yet, as somebody in the LGBTQ space, not having that fulfillment is what kept us in the closet so long. Because if I go fulfill myself and be who I am, it's going to take everything else out of me, which is so not true. It isn't going to be easy. Not not going to, I mean, I don't think either one of us are saying it's easy, but, no. but that, okay, well, I'm going to deny my own personal fulfillment. And once I learned that a few years later, I got laid off from a job. I'm like, well, that job wasn't really fulfilling me anyway. And then I started working for myself. And while that was challenging, the fulfillment started, the, that bucket started to fill up again. And then when I realized, well, I didn't really enjoy that, but Hey, I'd really like to go into this personal development, be a coach didn't realize I'd be a podcaster with I still haven't gotten an award like you have bitch, but (laughs) you notice I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let that go. Um, But the fulfillment thing is such a powerful energy in my book. Like if you really want to be fulfilled in your life, you have to go be you. Oh, I mean, even in the coming out with my parents, like I mentioned theater being such a spiritual space for me, 
and sacred space for me. That was one of the first things threatened that I was going to be removed from theater. And so that was one of the reasons why I stayed in the closet for them is because I couldn't bear the idea of being away from theater that was soul crushing to me so and isn't that interesting that those (laughs) well if you're this you can't be this i'm like wait what yeah yeah because and i don't want to sound stereotypical but there's a hell of a lot more gay artists and creatives than there are straight ones so really so what you're saying is that's the breeding ground so to speak you know (laughs) Which is just ironic. But, you know, you said something else, Tyler, too. I don't want to let go because it was like it was an Oprah moment when you said creativity is my form of spirituality. I think it's such a key element to bring up in this conversation because being out of the closet is a creative endeavor. It's you being creative enough to say, I can't play by the rules. I can't be this perception of what somebody else is. I can no longer abide by here's how you do life. And I hate it when our community says, here's how you do gay. Here's how you do this. Let people just be who they are. Yes, 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 yes. Even if it means they get an award for their fucking podcast when I've been doing this longer. <laughs> I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Yes. Um, but I love that. And and see again see how i segue that in because see this is this is why i'm good at this you're good you're good you're good (laughs) but the creativity is a form of spirituality i hadn't ever really thought about that because it does bring you closer to that other piece that's thriving within each of us at least that's my perspective totally and i think there are so many i mean theater is such a specific one in my life but i mean if you do think of theater and you do think of the idea of religion kind of like we were talking about in the beginning, you do have the element of community. You have the element of that community coming Mm -hmm. together for a purpose, a singular purpose. You're trying to create something positive, something good for other people to watch and and be a part of as well, outside of that Mm -hmm. group even. There are so many elements as a group, but then also individually, you are yourself trying to be the best you can be. Yes. And uplift yourself as well as other people, which I think that's the little key that religion sometimes misses is that yourself and other people, um, not just yourself, but yeah. and other people. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that aspect of theater and just creativity in general, I just, yeah. I'm a huge advocate. And it's because it's part of my brand. I'm a huge advocate. And actually it's, it's the core of the book that one of these days I'm going to get done writing book number two, but I'm a huge advocate of people living their unapologetic life with one caveat that that unapologetic life doesn't infringe on somebody else living their unapologetic life. And this is where religion to me gets really messy. Yep. Well, you can be you, but you can't do this. Well, you can be you, but did it. You can be you, and if it makes me look like that, 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 that. It comes back to the unconditional love conversation. I think every freaking LGBTQ person has that. Well, I love you unconditionally, except. Yep. Except well, I mean, that you're gay. It's just, it's just like all the, I mean, even to get into politics about all the legislation that we see right now, I, I think it's kind of the, a very similar uh, idea is that if we have laws that 
hurt people and uplift other people, then there's probably something wrong with those laws. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's an easy way to judge a law. I think Mm -hmm. it's an easy way to look at something objectively and be like, wait, is this correct? Yeah. Um, And not that everyone has to be like 100% equal on everything or whatever, whatever. But there are definitely things that are set to help certain people and to put down other people. And those shouldn't be in place for sure. And I know we could get off on this like really quickly, but we're starting to run out of time. But this is where it gets really interesting because then, you know, the Christians will say, but that law is affecting me. Well, how? Yeah. Please tell me how that being a good person and accepting people for who they are and letting people live their lives in their own way, which I don't think the big guy upstairs or gal or whatever that power is out there got their checklist out saying, oh, well, this means, you know, you accepted that gay person. Okay, well, sorry, you don't get that gold star today. Well, I'm sorry, you don't have the authority to accept or deny me. Right. That's not you. Like, screw you for thinking that you have the ability to accept or deny me. So that that in itself is just a ridiculous notion. And I mean, uh, yes. I mean, we could we could spiral very fast. <laughs> we could, which means we probably need to do another show together because first I mean, of all, yes. we are yes, we're pretty good at this together, and 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 I do feel like these are the moments where when you can have fun talking about this, and then we got our, into our serious space, but then we come back. Yes, because I'm now vying for like I want that damn podcast award, so I'm going to make this one really, really good. So. <laughs> Uh, but it is that interesting space that this is where it becomes really complex about the thought. Like they're going to say, well, but you're infringing on my rights. And we're saying, but you're actually infringing on mine. And you're, you're actually really infringing. I'm not infringing on yours. Okay. If you don't want to do this because that's against your beliefs, that's fine. But go do it someplace then that doesn't infringe on society kind of working. Yeah. Don't get gay married. Right. I mean, don't yeah, have an I mean, abortion whole, then. If abortion isn't your thing, don't get an abortion. Don't do it. Or yeah. even bringing it back to something that you said a lot earlier, something that I love when debating about uh, same-sex marriage or what have you, uh, that is so funny to me, is the idea of divorce. Why is that legal? And why are Christians okay with that being legal? Right. right. What? Because why it's... are they fighting that? Yeah. <laughs> It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. If it is a holy union, then we shouldn't have the ability just to freely go and get a divorce. That makes absolutely no sense. But that's because they pick and choose. Yes. And I'm not talking they because they're gender nonconforming. I'm like, those people choose to do this this way. And it drove me nuts. Well, it drives drives most of us nuts who've been through this like pain and agony that we've been through. Not that this hour has been a pain and agony. This has been a really fun hour for me. And I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've loved it. And you're pretty good. I don't know that you're deserving of the award. We'll get one last (laughs) dig in on the award there. But uh, no, I love this. I love your energy. I love that we can have these kind of conversations because it is all about like literally show up to the table in your fullest self. Yes. And being able to share these kind of stories. Okay. Like, yeah, here's what happened. And this is how I got here. And this is, you know, the, the quote unquote ultimatums I kind of had to lay down with, you know, um, it helps people see you're not alone. And I hate saying that because it's almost trite, but 
you're not as alone as you think you are. That's you're probably not. a better way to, yeah. Especially now. I mean, I really, for all the people who are afraid to reach out to groups or individuals outside of their bubble, yeah. I get it. It's so terrifying. I remember being not to get really down toward the end, but I remember being on the phone to the Trevor project because I was in a really dark space as a teenager and I couldn't say hello. Mm -hmm. I get and it. I finally say, I said hello, but then I hung up. And even when we have the ability to reach outside of ourselves, it can be really hard. So I totally get it. I totally get it. And I've been there, but it's actually not that hard. <laughs> It's no, really but, there, but there's those moments for everybody. Yes. I mean, it feels I, like it, but it's not. So I went to first two years of college. We're in close to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And this was right at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. And I knew I was having these feelings. They weren't going away. You know, and finally in college, I feel like, okay, I can like try to explore this, even though I was at a Seventh-day Adventist college. And somehow Ooh. I found out there was a gay bar in Chattanooga. I'm like, okay, I had a car. I didn't have a lot of money. I was one of those poor kids. I'm like, I don't have a lot of money to like. And of course, you had to check out your car. If you wanted to go to town, you had to go to the front desk. You had to get your car keys. You had to explain where you were going. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going, I'm going to get some groceries. I need to go do that. And I'm like, well, why can't you eat in the car? I mean, it was like, you know interrogatory you're like where are you going why are you doing that can't you eat in the cafeteria da, 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 da. i'm like oh wow and I have dietary I, restriction yeah exactly I'm, well hello and, allergy and, and, <laughs> exactly and 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 someday i've been is quote unquote don't eat meat so i'm like i'm going to town to get a fucking hamburger okay i'm, I'm really <laughs> hungry thank you very much <laughs> I, and so i also was really bad boy because i was sneaking off campus and taking dance classes because that was not allowed either how so, dare you and I know now, as I'm saying this, the reason I found out about the gay bar was one of the other dancers is like, we're going to this club. Do you want to go? And I'm like, no, no. And then I'm like, hmm, <laughs> log that in the little library of like, hmm, yeah. wonder what that's all about. And suddenly I realized, oh, that's the gay bar. I can tell you that I probably sat outside of that bar more than a dozen times and never got out of my car, never got out of the car. Because I was petrified. Yeah. Absolutely. Pet A, because, okay, and this is really sick. <laughs> but in high school and in college, they had faculty and staff members who would drive around to certain locations. And yes, even in a city like Chattanooga, which wasn't that big at that time. I know it's bigger now. But they kind of knew where those of us who were sneaking off campus might end up. And if your car was parked outside of like a bar or something, they really? would. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So of course I'd sit there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get caught. Yeah. Now dance class, I wasn't going to get caught. Cause it's like that happened on Saturday mornings when I was supposed to be sitting in church and I'm like, I'm going, I'd, I'd put on my clothes. Like I'm going to church and I, I'd already gone out. They didn't know I had a second key to my car. I'd already gone out in at nighttime and, you know, was put my dance clothes in the trunk of my car and all this sort of stuff. So that I wasn't going to get caught, but I was always concerned about the gay bar. Interestingly enough, all these years later, there was a ton of us that were going to that gay bar, but none of us talked Ever. about it. A lot of them were doing the same thing I was doing. Like they'd sit outside and like, I can't go in. I can't go in. 
none of us got caught. So obviously the gay bar wasn't on the gay radar for mm -hmm. the faculty and staff, but it's just such an interesting journey to hear this from another perspective and to see that we've got so many intersections in our lives. I love it so much. It's crazy. And, and something cool from that too, from both stories. And that I do think is important about coming out is that it, even if you have to stay in the closet, as long as you're safe, that yeah. is the ultimate. So yeah. if you need to stay in the closet for some reason, for safety reasons, then stay. And there's no shame for that. I definitely did that. Like, yeah. like I said about theater and I, I wanted to live with my family. I didn't want to get kicked out. You know, there are several logistical things to why I waited till I was 18. So there's no, no shame in that, but yeah. um, just. But also, honor, honor that safety and that shame too. That's the thing. Yes, I mean, and for me and, and this is where we'll kind of wrap up. I knew, I now know, had I come out completely when I was 19, I don't know this 100%, but I'm, I, I can make an educated guess. I was very naive. I knew I liked Dick. I didn't know how I liked Dick. I just knew I was definitely attracted to it. Lick but it was right at the beginning. It was right at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. And I was yeah. so naive about sex and relationships and all this sort of stuff. And I think I probably would have done some really silly, stupid, crazy stuff just to get back at my parents. And so that's where the guy upstairs, I think, had had it for me. Like, OK, I'm going to take care of you here because you're not quite ready to do this. And I'm really grateful for that. Timing even, is so important. Well, and even yeah. all through my college experience, I never really I didn't really do anything with anybody. I just like I, I, I covered my tracks pretty well. I, okay, I went to a few bookstores, but I covered my tracks pretty well. But even going to bookstores was scary. I mean, even in Abilene, going, I mean, I was scared. I was, quote, technically a faculty, you know, member. I was part of the, and every so often I'd sneak into the one little adult bookstore. And I'll never forget the day that one of the students who actually worked for me was in the gay section right where and I turned around and I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is where I learned that they're not going to say anything if you don't say anything. So just move on with your life. Just move on. Oh, we could have a whole, we could have a, a whole journey. conversation about that. I love that. Oh, yes. Yeah. I would love to hear details. And he was so cute. He was like, he was like, I was crushing on him the whole time he worked. And now I'm sounding like a dirty old man, but he wasn't, I was, he wasn't that much younger. I mean, this was when I was 24. So a yeah. college student was like 20, 19, 20 years old. So it wasn't like I was being bad daddy. Yeah. No, you were in the same. Not that bracket. I am that either. I want to make that clear. Unless somebody asked me to. So. I mean, yeah. As long as it's consensual, you exactly. can be as bad and as daddyish as you want. Okay. So I just want you to know that, first of all, I've loved this conversation. I love your energy. I love that you've got this beautiful perspective of helping others do this. And I never go this long on these podcasts. And I am so glad I did because it's been such an amazing, amazing conversation. I have loved every minute of it. And I so appreciate you and what you're doing and your time to talk, talk with me today. It's of course, I don't remember really your awesome. name, but you know, I no. mean, <laughs> I don't even remember my name. What is it? Tyler. Tyler. T -Y -L -E -R. And we're going to have everything for you to 
hook up with Tyler. You know, so I almost said connect. I'm like, no, I'm going for the hookup. Everything from his Twitter to his Instagram to his websites. Yes, I said multiple websites because I did. Ask. When yeah, you sorry. get awards, you have multiple websites. <laughs> Just saying. So, uh, but anyway, really enjoyed yes. this conversation, Tyler. Thank you so much for being part of Life Uncloseted. And I think we'll probably be doing this again. I just, I think we could do this a couple of times a year and just wake everybody the fuck up and go, okay, now where are you in your journey? So uh, I have a feeling that we will. And I'm so excited about it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening and never stop going out there and dumping your excuses, facing your fears and living your most unapologetic life. Have a good week. Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change your life. In fact, if you really want to change your life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.